Listeners, and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy, and I will be your host for today's episode. Before we get into it, gotta let you know, March 2nd, we are holding a pre-conference event called Made in Canada. MADE stands for Medical Assistance in Dying, and it's more than a headline. So join us on March 2nd for an opportunity to be informed and discuss a Christian response. Following that, March 3rd and the 4th, the AC conference is back. We just held our Saskatchewan conference, and it was an amazing time. So we're even more excited to do it again on our BC soil. This will be March 3rd and 4th in Abbotsford, British Columbia at Northview Community Church. Tickets are limited, but they're still available. So make sure you go to apologeticscanada.com slash events and get yours today. That's all from me. Now for the podcast. Today, we are talking about the gift of encouragement. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy. I'm your host for today's episode, and I am here today with Andy and Steve. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing great. I'm feeling great on the one hand, but at the same time, dude, I am super tired in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you there, Steve. We'll get into this, I'm sure, but we just got back from Saskatchewan where we had our very first Apologetics Canada conference, and we're in recovery mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Steve and I, are we have a flight out to Atlantic Canada tonight, which is a nasty flight because we don't get in until 5 a.m. in the airport nice. in Halifax, and the rental car company doesn't even open until 7 a.m. So, so, so you're Steve telling and I are going to stay there for two hours. <laughs> yeah, for two hours in Halifax. <laughs> yeah, it'll wow. be suffering for the Lord. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> right. It has been granted to us to suffer. That sounds <laughs> awful, and I don't envy you. I mean, the East Coast is going to be beautiful, but at least for the first 12 hours, you might not be able to actually appreciate it because you'll be... Uh, delirious. <laughs> well, <laughs> thankfully the weather is uh, going to be going to be pretty decent for us. We're landing in Halifax, and we are driving over to New Brunswick to Moncton. Where we'll be speaking at Crandall University with uh, Ratio Christie, great organization. If you haven't heard of them, uh, Ratio Christie is uh, all over. Started in the United States, but they are uh, a campus ministry that seeks to point people to Jesus, and they do great work. We're excited to work with them out there. And then we're going to kind of loop back. I think we'll go over to PEI and then back over into Nova Scotia, where we're meeting with uh, pastors, church leaders. And yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a great time of ministry. Sounds awesome. And honestly, if you guys don't have seafood every single day, I will be deeply disappointed. <laughs> deeply. <laughs> The BC boy in me is like, can we get some sushi? You know, <laughs> um, I'll take Atlantic over over Pacific if I must. Right, Atlantic cod, the lobster, all that good stuff is going to be amazing. So, be praying for the team because they're going to be heading out, and as you heard, <laughs> they're going to be exhausted. But it is going to be an amazing trip. Um, so, thank you, everyone, already for those of you who are going to be praying, and for those that may be listening to the podcast on the East Coast. Maybe you can reach out to them at an event. Uh, that that'd be pretty cool if they could see you guys out there. So, but let, you said briefly, Andy, how we just got back 
from the Saskatchewan Conference. So our first AC conference in Saskatchewan. If I had sound effects to do like a round of applause, I would do it right now. But we had a great, great time. Yeah, we did. And I listen, every time I've gone to Saskatchewan, I've gotten great weather. I don't know what it is about central Canada that just this cold descends. I, I don't, I don't yeah, quite get prairies. it. But the prairies. But I hear, you know, these horror stories of negative 30. I haven't got it yet. I'm a, I'm a little disappointed. It was sunny, beautiful, and uh, a balmy negative five. A balmy negative five, yeah. <laughs> Which it's was funny, funny by that. the way, because I kept wearing my jacket. And people are like, why are you wearing a jacket, man? Like, this is, <laughs> this is great. This, this is nice weather. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. I honestly, I'll, I'll just tell you, you don't, you don't want to experience me- negative 30 if you don't have to negative 30, negative 40, <laughs> like being someone from the prairies, anyone who, fr- anyone who's from the prairies, the moment they find someone who's not, and it's minus 40, it's like prerequisite to act like you're tough, but really mm-hmm. they're, they're dying inside just like everybody else. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. cause at that weather, you can't go snowmobiling cause it'll rip your face off. You don't want to go snowboarding. <laughs> It'll also rip your face off and your eye and and God forbid your eyes start to water going down a hill at that temperature. It just ice, it's they freeze shut. So there you go. Saskatchewan conference was an amazing time. Not just the weather. Uh, the people at Briarcrest were incredibly hospitable. We're so grateful mm-hmm. for um, all the staff there that helped out. Shout out to Kevin Teeson yeah. really being our liaison um out there and all the work that he he went together and shout out to everybody at the the pilgrim inn because <laughs> with the the staff there are so great if you're traveling through Karenport or traveling to Karenport, stay at the pilgrim inn it's worth the trip i i gotta i gotta tell a story about the pilgrim inn there was this lovely lady working older lady working working the counter when Troy and I had already checked in, we're, we're in the hotel, but Steve came in late. Troy and I went early to speak at chapel and stuff like that. So we go pick up Steve at the airport, bring him back to the Pilgrim's Inn, and I go up to the counter. So us three are standing there, and I go up to ask about Steve's room. And she's like, yeah, and she's like handing me the key. <laughs> Troy, Troy, you remember this? And she, and she looked at me with these eyes. It's it's difficult to say what what all was going on in those eyes as <laughs> as she began to explain to me that this room only had one bed, as <laughs> yes. she's looking at all three of us. It was a magical moment. To give her credit, boy, did she hold it together so well. She knew what time it was. She knew it was twenty twenty three, and she didn't want to make anybody feel some type of way about whether or not. Three gentlemen, we're going to share a room. Kudos to her, but uh, we are not the ones. We are not the ones. <laughs> oh, that was that was funny. That was funny. But yeah, yes. I agreed. Shout out to Briarcrest. Such a such a great hospitable uh, school, yeah. and we and the people who attended. We had some great uh, conversations yes. uh, over the weekend, mm-hmm. and it's a you know it's exciting as we uh, continue to expand and and do more work across Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, one of my favorite parts of the whole conference, and I think this is the case, no matter which conference we do, like whether in BC or Saskatchewan, uh, I love talking with the hosts. So 
Um, for our listeners who are not familiar with how we run our conferences, so we'll have breakout sessions and often we'll have a volunteer assigned to each room, to each speaker, to assist them with whatever it is that they need. And uh, Troy and I actually had a chance to sit down before the breakout sessions, you know, over lunch, as we're having lunch, just a chance to t- talk with our hosts. And I love talking to them because they are really invested in this whole thing. They're interested mm-hmm. in what you have to share. And so it's just, and the best conversations that happen happen typically outside of your sessions, yep. either before or after, because that's when you really bring up what's been on your mind. And for me, it's really important, especially as people working in apologetics, that we don't just answer questions that people are not even asking, yeah. but actually go after the questions that they actually care about. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, it was a really, it was a really cool time just being able to connect with a lot of students because I just, uh, I think there, there's still this closeness that I have with the, the Bible college age group in a lot of ways, just thinking about my time and how much of my faith was really, really challenged and equipped in a variety of ways during Bible college. So it's, it's always great to be able to sit and connect with them. It's always fun, by the way, taking Troy places because uh, I, I haven't even told you this, Troy, but they're always trying to steal Troy from us. Uh, Steve and I were driving along and they're like, you know, can we hire Troy? Can uh... <laughs> Troy's like, like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I, I told him, listen, you can, but you'll have to fight me for him. Uh, you, you, you could try, but, uh, you know, that's, that's why I can't take you on any speaking engagements to Hawaii, Troy, uh, or, or Steve, uh, cause if they, you know, like I might not be able to win, I might not be able to win that fight, but, uh, just a shout out to Steve and Troy. They did awesome. Love working with these guys. And it was uh, a lot of fun being together. And, mm-hmm. and on that like, encouraging note, uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about on the podcast today was the gift of encouragement. After the conference, one of the things that we'll often do when we're out at these events is uh, we'll make ourselves available to preach at a local church. And we did that. So I was speaking at uh, Victory Church. Shout out to Victory out in Moose Jaw. Lovely, mm-hmm. lovely church. Very thankful to to be there. It was one of those moments, though, they're like, hey, you want to preach at our church? I'm like, Absolutely. And then a couple of days before the event, they're like, hey, by the way, we have three services. And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, because we'd already done all this speaking at the conference, right? So you're thinking, okay, it's going to be, you know, I'll get in there, do an early morning service, and I'll be on my way. No, three. The worst I've done is four. We call that the quad. But three, oh, uh, three is challenging, man. Mm-hmm. My heart goes out to you pastors, you know, that are preaching three services uh, a Sunday. But anyway, I'm out there. There, I think it was like the second service or something. There was this lovely guy who came up to me with a friend. I think his name was like Bob or something like that. But probably wasn't Bob because I probably just am imagining that everybody's name's Bob. But he comes up to me. <laughs> and he says, "You know, hey, hey, my name's Bob, and I have the gift of encouragement." Like that's how that's how he started uh, this conversation, and just you know, right in there, my name's so and so. I have the gift of encouragement. And I got to tell you guys, I just about burst out laughing. And that's probably not a good thing. I think it's, you know, it's a good first response. (laughs) Yeah, not a good, because first of all, no one's ever introduced themselves to me 
that they have uh, the gift of encouragement. And in fact, most times, sadly, when you're out at a speaking engagement, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll get, you'll get people that will say encouraging words. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you oftentimes get a lot of criticism, right? So I was actually, and so as soon as he said, you know, I have the gift of encouragement, I almost burst out laughing, you know, for two reasons. One is because I've never had that happen. That's just so rare, you know, that mm-hmm. somebody's like, hey, I'm just, I'm an encourager. In our world today, I guess it is so easy to become cynical. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the, the, the first thing that went through my mind was how ironic will this be if he you know, introduces me that he has the gift of encouragement and then he's going to critique what I just said or just say, you know what I mean? That, that was the first thing that went through my mind. I'm like, oh, this is going to be rich. I just wanted to encourage you to like maybe preach differently always. <laughs> just just want to let you know that that is available for you today. That's my encouragement. Yeah, I want to encourage you to not do what you're doing. <laughs> uh, but do you guys know what I'm saying? We live in a world where encouragement is is not something we are used to receiving so much no. so that your first response would be to want to start laughing at church. Yeah, it, yeah. it definitely goes to say we are so used to preparing ourselves for critique just across the board, right? Yeah. Um, there's something that speakers and preachers or even artists, uh, after an event or after a speaking engagement, you have this thing called preacher's remorse or artist's remorse, where right after you have finished, especially in the Christian setting, I would say, you're incredibly vulnerable and sensitive because you've put in hours of work, maybe days, weeks, Full of work, depending on the event that you're doing or the type of person you are in prep, to pour it all out. And then you're sitting there at the mercy of people's opinions, but also wanting to know, God, was I obedient to the task? And that just leaves you in a very sensitive spot. Yeah. You know, it, to me, it's funny that we even feel compelled to share our negative opinions uh, on social media, especially, but in other cases too, right? We're so good at complaining. And I just find that interesting. I'm like, well, how did we get that into our heads that our opinion matters so much that anyone and everyone needs to hear it at our whim, right? And so I think there is a uh, an element of pride in it, definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. this, this was a conversation that Troy and I were having actually in Saskatchewan at the conference. So before, you know, the guy with the gift of encouragement, I, we even had that uh, encounter. I was walking along with Troy and I, and I asked you this question, you know, Troy, do you experience this? Again, what we call preacher's remorse, which is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. This is something just to take note of. If you have a critique for a pastor or for somebody who's just led worship or whatever it might be, you need to you need to wait to bring that up with them. Do not do so right after they've just come off the stage. That is not the place for it. Uh, and in fact, I think one thing that we need to be mindful of is that uh, you know Satan can use you to do harm to those you love if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm reminded, of course, of like Peter and and Jesus and their interactions, where. You know, Satan is using Peter against Jesus, and we need to be careful that we're not being used 
against those that, that we love. And so there's moments that you just need to, to be aware, okay, now's not the right time to maybe tell them you don't like that song or, you know, they didn't hit that note or whatever it was. But I was, cause I was asking you that Troy, I'm used to that as a speaker where I'm like, oh man, I missed this point or whatever. But I was just asking, you know, when you're leading worship or when you're doing music, do you have that same, you know, yeah. let's call it singer's remorse? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think anyone who's really trying to do whatever, use their gifting at the highest caliber possible, but also someone, and this is why I say as a caveat to Christians, it, there's a step forward because uh, you can talk to the average athlete, not even a believer, that at the end of a game, if they're really trying to be a professional, they're going to critique their own game. They've been critiquing it throughout the game. I miss that. They know pass. the mistakes they've made. They know yeah. every single mistake they've made if they have any level of self-awareness as an, as an athlete, right? So they don't need someone afterwards. Maybe some people want that. But if I'm if we're being honest, no one really wants it afterwards. You don't need someone, you don't need someone afterwards saying, Hey man, you should have scored that. If you had scored that, we would have won. I know. I am aware. And, and and so it's no different with music. And the reason I say it's a step forward again with with believers is because you don't want to mishandle the gift. You don't want to be a poor steward, right? Where if you're pursuing being a good steward, then you're gonna feel those moments. But we have to allow the Lord to speak a grace over us and understand that there's a grace when you're pursuing him. And he's not asking for perfection, but he's asking for stewardship. You know, Troy, you brought up something really uh, interesting. I want to pick up on that. You know, the, the idea of you already know your mistakes, right? Let me get at it from this angle. Um, I know we live in a in the day and age when, you know, we, we talk about how college students are snowflakes and, and whatnot, right? And they're so easily offended. And there's some truth to that. But at the same time, it is also true that words have such power 100%. over us, right? And it really hurts. And some of the most sort of lingering, most potent sort of hurts that I've had in life had to do with words, that something that somebody said to me in a way that really hurt me. In fact, it's interesting you bring that up about, you know, yes, I know my mistakes. This is how much it hurts. In I don't know what it's like in English, but in Korea, we use the phrase confirmation kill. Right? You know how you, you, you come up to somebody when you are engaged in war, in a battle, and sometimes soldiers will go and make sure their their enemies are dead, right? So confirmation oh, yeah. kill kind of thing, right? And so in Korea, they they call, that's exactly what they call it. When wow. you know your mistakes and somebody comes up to you and tells wow. you exactly that, that's called wow. confirmation kill. And that only goes to show just how much it actually hurts. They, they compare it to killing, right? And yes, it, it is a metaphor. It, there's some exaggeration there. Well, it's kicking them while still, they're down, it hurts. right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Like they're they're already down, and it's just so it's just weird because then you know, getting back to this idea of of encouragement, Andy, like when you when you first said, "Hey, I had this conversation. We should talk about it." Immediately, I thought about it, and I'm and I'll be fully transparent. I've been told by many people I have the gift of encouragement. Many people, because I don't withhold encouragement. But when I was really sitting with it. Like the gift of encouragement. Well, doesn't the Bible already tell us to be encouragers? 
So how is this? How could this be a gift that is specifically divvied out when it's actually a basic instruction that you see throughout? So wouldn't the gift, if anything, would just be obedience? Troy, I think you bring up a good point that we do need to discuss. Is it a gift? And I would actually argue, as I've been thinking about it and just reading again, because when this guy said that, it really got me thinking. Because again, I've never heard somebody say, hey, I've got the gift of encouragement. And then again, my cynical mind was like, is that, is that even a gift? But then I was also thinking, shouldn't everybody have that gift? But then I just went back to Romans and was, you know, reading about, you know, some of the gifts that that Paul talks about. And I would actually argue that it is both a gift and it is a command. And so I want to, I do want to look at some, some scripture as we give this one some thought and talk about it. By the way, for those wondering what happened with my conversation, I should just put you at ease. Uh, this guy was just a lovely brother in Christ that, uh, that did not say something, you know, in fact, he'd come up because he brought a friend who needed prayer. So he, so he just told me that he had the gift of encouragement and asked me if I would pray for his friend. And again, just really got me thinking about the topic. So notice what Paul says in Romans 12, starting verse 3, tells us this. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So on the on the one hand, Troy, I think we could say that Paul's saying, yeah, some of you are gifted as, you know, teachers, or you're gifted in prophecy, or you're gifted in giving, uh, or in, in, in encouragement. And so in one sense, I think that, yeah, we could have that gift in the sense of this is something that we are particularly gifted at. But at the same time, I also think that all of us are called to do these things at different times, whether it's giving, there's yeah. not just some people to give, we we all give, it's, it's leading. I mean, we all lead at different times. We all show mercy at different times or encouragement or yeah. teaching and the like. Yeah. I mean, you look at you know, you look at First Thessalonians uh, 5.11, and then you can look again at 5.14. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And then down to 5.14, it says, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faith-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. And again, it's, you know, it's referenced again in, in Hebrews, just talking about encouragement should be kind of the air we breathe as believers. And yeah. I think that's where for me, this is why even when people say, Troy, you have the gift of encouragement, I, I, do, I have taken it as, man, thank you. I appreciate that. But there's definitely something for me where I will not withhold it, you know, if I really see the opportunity to encourage somebody. And I think that's the problem 
is some people don't know how to deliver encouragement. Therefore, we hold it and then critique just so it happens to win the day. Mm. Uh, sometimes I think whether we use the word gift in a rather strange way, it is as though if I have the gift of encouragement, for example, that it is something that is foreign to me that has been implanted in me. Uh, when mm. in fact it is a part of you know God's common grace over all humanity yeah. that you just do with this sort of it, it is spirit empowered yeah right that is different from because when I think about okay how do we determine whether somebody has a gift right typically we look at whether somebody does it with excellence mm. some people are just really good at giving encouragement in a way that is not cliche that is not that is very meaningful to the person receiving yeah. the encouragement some people are just really well we use the word gifted right gifted at it yeah uh, i just am not sure that this is something that is foreign that has been just uh, placed in you maybe even against your will kind of thing on that note steve particularly as we think about as the spirit's leading and what it looks like to be authentic. Cause you can go and do a quick Google search about encouraging and you can see that there's been all sorts of studies that have shown that if you encourage people, it will actually have positive benefits to you and your health. But I mean, in some regards that is, that is just so, you know, narcissistic in a bizarre way, right? Yeah. That, okay. I'm, if, if that's the case, then, psychology, you know, tells me I should go give encouragement so I can feel better. It's like, <laughs> I think, I think you've missed the point. Whereas the yeah. spirit, when the spirit of God leads us, God is teaching us to love and care for people in that when we give encouragement and as we encourage, we're doing so genuinely because we yeah. care for people. Not that I'm trying to get something from them by right. being encouraging. Right. Yeah. Hebrew, Hebrews 10 23 to 25 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love, to love, to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so ultimately what I'm seeing is that like for the Christian encouragement is more than acts of kindness. It's an everyday opportunity to highlight the hope we have in Christ. Because I think when people right. think about encouragement, it's just me making, trying to make, you know, I want to make Steve feel good about himself today. Like, Steve, man, you're so good at speaking and preaching. You're a great father. But encouragement is, is also testimony of, of how good God is. You know, exactly. you walk into a place yeah. where someone is just, you know, you, you could be going through all kinds of things. And then you hear someone just testify to the goodness of God with conviction and fervor. That in of itself is is encouragement. And if we're not all called to do that, then I don't know what we're doing, right? Like that's yeah, that that's baseline to to talk about the goodness of God and how that can encourage one another in the faith and those that don't believe, right? I think the world needs to see the church encouraging itself every now and again a little bit more. Like, man, we serve a mighty God. We serve an amazing God who, despite COVID, despite all these concerns and issues in the world. 
You think about the people in Ukraine, the pastors that you hear from there that are testifying to the goodness of God in the midst of a war. If that doesn't stir you up in your faith, then I don't know what will. The verse that came to my mind and that I've I've just kind of been meditating on that really speaks to what you're saying, Troy, and has has just convicted and challenged me is uh, Hebrews chapter three, verses twelve to thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which the author of Hebrews says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I'll tell you, that'll preach Man. today. Yeah. Jeez. I, dro- stop the podcast. Like, yeah, just let stop that the one sit on you. <laughs> you. Yeah. Let that stew for a while. And if, and I think that's just, that's just really it. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're, we've, we have not been called to withhold encouragement, but I also knowing where it comes from. Andy, you touched on this just a moment ago. If that encouragement is entirely for the sake of you feeling better about you, it's misplaced because the other side of it is mm-hmm. not everyone will receive your encouragement. So you got to know where it's coming from. That's that's an interesting point, Troy. I think a lot of us, we become so hardened by sin that not only can it be difficult to give encouragement, it can be difficult to even receive the encouragement. Yeah. I mean, how many, honestly, the... how many times have you had a moment where somebody gives you some encouragement and you're like, in your, in your heart, you're like, nah, it's not true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was in my, I think, early 20s, somewhere around there, I had a hard time receiving encouragement precisely because I had a very low view of myself, faulty view of myself, I might Mm -hmm. say, because I grew up with something of a, I mean, if I may go a little (laughs) personal here, I grew up with a lot of abandonment in my life, especially from female figures. And so I came to subconsciously believe that I wasn't lovable. Mm. So if when people wanted to spend time with me, I couldn't receive that, right? I always thought of it as, well, you're doing that just because you're being nice. You know, it, it's it's more about you than me. You're nice. I'm not lovable. So clearly, if you're spending time with me, it's not because you actually want to spend time with me. You you tolerate me. You want to do something nice to me. Yeah. So it's really, but the problem wasn't that person, right? The, the problem was with me. And so I think if we start measuring our sort of level of effectiveness in our encouragement by how it is received, that may not necessarily be the most reliable measure because you don't know what that person has suffered Right. over the course of his or her lifetime, that actually, that there is something like a scale over their eyes, if you will, that right. needs to be removed. And you're speaking to this whole other side of it, Steve, again, behind the motive in which you are giving encouragement. You can actually offer encouragement because of your insecurities as well. Right. Because you see someone else at a place or a level that you want to be at, and you want to encourage them in some way, hoping that it makes you feel better that you're not where they're at. And it's interesting because God will use that. He absolutely will work on that. But sometimes I've, you know, I, I'd found in my past that, man, he's actually going to let you sit with that because it, it's not something that you can project on someone else as a false, uh, a false form of encouragement. 
you actually got to lay that down. You got to, because it is, mm-hmm. it's coming from a place of pride and insecurity. But speaking really of false encouragement, Troy, uh, this is something that we often will do to ourselves is we'll say, okay, I've got to reach this level in my life. Then I can be encouraged. It's, it's yeah. kind of like we've all, we've got these parameters of what it even means to be encouraged. I think that's why sometimes we don't actually take encouragement because we've already set what the bar is for us to be encouraged. If, if you know, if it's, I'm, if I'm in business, I've got to reach this level. If I'm an artist, I got to reach, you know, this level. I mean, in, in, in our social media world, you know, I got to have this many likes or this many followers or blah, blah, blah. And, and, and what's interesting about the Bible is the Bible doesn't care about any of that. The Bible is like, hey, do you want to know what the markers of success look like? Galatians chapter 5, it looks like this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It is interesting what Paul says. Against such things, there's no law. Nobody's trying to stop you from being kind or faithful. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envy each other. Man, I tell you, that's easy to read, but if we're all honest, if we're all honest, that's hard. And thank God for grace that we don't have to measure up to that. All at once, you know, the Holy Spirit is working in each of us to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ, right? And that's, I take great comfort in that because, yeah, I I agree with you. When I read a passage like that, I'm just like, I am none of those things. Right. Uh, Sometimes I I get it right. Most of the time I get it wrong, Uh, especially when it comes to parenting, man, like, patience and like i i run short on that um but you know what thank you god for showing me the grace that i don't have to you know be perfect in patience in order to be part of your family yeah yeah i I hope our listeners can appreciate where we're coming at with this because what we're not saying is that you can't understand that there is there is a gift to encouraging but there's also a, a proper heart to it. And we're going after the heart of that encouragement. You know, if you, if you want to introduce yourself as someone who says they have the gift of encouragement, great. But you also need to understand that not everyone is going to receive you come approaching like that because of something they may have dealt with. But also, you're, you're, you might be adding an unnecessary pressure on yourself to always be what you think you need to be. Because sometimes you don't, encouragement doesn't look the way we think it does. Encouragement is not always the the rub on the back. Sometimes encouragement is a is a godly rebuke. I encourage you in view of God's mercy, humble yourself as living sacrifices. Like that, that's not an easy thing to 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 say to everybody. It's not easy to mm-hmm. tell someone, hey, I, I would really encourage you to go rethink that. <laughs> go rethink mm-hmm. that. Go reread that. Go sit with that a little bit longer. Encouragement absolutely is a gift, and it needs to be handled well. Uh, I see. I see what you're saying there, Troy. Because I definitely don't want to disparage this person who said yeah. to me that they have the gift of experience uh, of encouragement. Yeah. They encourage me by just saying that that yeah. that we that we could be a church that encourages and loves each other. But I think yes. you're absolutely right. 
that some you could get into this idea that oh I can because we need to encourage each other that means we don't call out or challenge each other no but it does no. mean that we do it wisely in love yes. in the right timing after prayer and 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 thought right that we got to that we got to work through that so it, it's interesting that encouragement is something that both that we are giving and that we're receiving and we're terrible at both <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, it is. We're, we're, we're so prone to critique. We're so prone to looking at ourselves through the lens of, okay, what did I screw up? And yeah. maybe you're, maybe that's where you're at. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you, you've been having a hard time receiving encouragement because you're constantly looking at the things that you do through your imperfect lens. But this is why it all comes back to Jesus. Steve was already mentoring this. Thank God for grace. It's not something that you can figure out. You have to just receive it. There comes a point where you say, God, I don't understand your grace. And he's going to be like, I know. But that's why it's sufficient. It'll cover your lack of understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been talking about the dangers of false encouragement and how it can be, you know, self-deceptive, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't come from a wrong motive. I want to push it the other way a little bit, too. Because there is a certain good that is entailed in encouraging somebody else. And, and there's nothing wrong with enjoying that, just as when you work out regularly at a gym, you're going to get in shape. That is the natural consequence of working out. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying that natural good that comes with working out. In the same way, I would say when you encourage somebody, yes, you need to be careful about your own motives. But at the same time, on the other side, there's nothing wrong with watching somebody else getting built up and actually seeing the good in that yep. and enjoying that and praising God for it. I just want to make sure that that as much as we are careful about our false motives, there is the natural good, natural yes. consequence that we can legitimately enjoy. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's clear uh, that we just we live in a world that is difficult. A world that often cuts people down, in fact, that we often cut ourselves down, it's difficult, especially in the sorts of technologies that we have today. It's easy to be discouraged. And the church is a place to encourage. We are encouraged in the living God that deeply and profoundly loves us. And that's seeking to teach us to love each other and what it looks like to be the family of God. And valuing that that we come at this from different gifts and talents, but at the end of the day, that we want to be uh, a place that is uplifting and that is that is that is moving forward in today, as Jesus would would call us to be, you know, light and salt. And man, I, I guess that's my prayer for the church, guys. My prayer for the church is. That we would be just a place of light in the midst of the darkness, amidst of of a world that can be so discouraging, that we would be a place that's different. So it's it's a challenge for myself. Uh, it's a challenge for myself to to both give and to receive uh, encouragement and and to participate in the the life of of the church in that way. 
Well, thank you listeners so much for listening to the AC podcast. Again, shout out to Briarcrest and everyone there who helped us with the, the Saskatchewan conference. We are so, so grateful for you. And we look forward to our next conference coming up March 3rd and 4th in Abbotsford, BC. If you haven't heard, the conference is called Branded Rethinking Identity. And we're excited to have you guys there. Um, before that, we will be holding a pre-conference event called Made in Canada. It'll be held at DeVries Centre Chapel, or otherwise known as Axe Seminary, and that will be March 2nd, 7 to 9 p.m. We will be discussing medical assistance in dying, and it's, it's, it's gearing up to be a great event. We can't wait to see you, but please be praying for the team, Andy and Steve, as they head out to the East Coast. Give them traveling mercies. Pray that their flights will not be delayed. They will be on time, and they will have great weather to be able to interact with the incredible people over there. Thank you so much for listening again to the AC Podcast. Tune in next week when we find more things to think about. And until then, love God. Love God, love God, love God. God, love God.